0: kids about flips and nerds um we've we've got a little bit different today uh we're gonna start talking about fantasy baseball um but we're gonna start at the very start with all of this um well first things first actually let's start at the very start what, what is this podcast called um i i don't know usually i come up with quite a quirky name the last few days i've been really busy at work and can't even think of anything so we're going to start off by opening it to the floor and saying to our listeners um come up with a fancy podcast name for us about flips and nerds Um, we're going to start very, very basic with all of this though. So it's going to be very simple. Um, we're going to work our way up though. So we're going to get going. So we're going to start with all the basic stuff to, to try and get people in, um, and then go up to the advanced stuff by the time the season begins. Um, if you, if you're experienced with fantasy baseball, do stick with us though, because there's a chance that you might either learn something or, you know, remind yourself about something you didn't know before. And if you're new to fantasy baseball and just joining us, then welcome, um, hopefully we're going to answer some of your questions today and if not in the very near future and um, because I'm noticeably not very good at fantasy baseball I'm quite happy to talk about the fact I'm not very good which is probably why it's good that I host this podcast I've got with me an absolute expert who literally gets paid to write and talk about fantasy baseball it's uh, Darius Austin how are you Darius?
1: I'm doing well thanks you've obviously bigged my skills up to the max there. Uh- <laughs> I don't know whether I've quite reached absolute expert status, but I have been playing fantasy for a good decade now, I suppose. So I've got that going for me. So I think my fantasy experience was um, the old days of cutting out um,
0: a team sheets out of the newspaper for fantasy football, as in soccer, um, back here in the UK. Um, and I sort of started stretching into fantasy NFL maybe about six, seven years ago. Um, when I started doing it online, but yeah, fancy baseball has been a relatively new one for me. Probably 2015 was when I played my first league, and it was a very steep learning curve. Um, so, 10 years ago for you, then have you literally played every year then since then?
1: Yep, every year. Um, it was it was kind of my way into fancy. As people who've listened to some of the early episodes of this pod probably know, uh, and it it really did help a lot. That's one thing I would say right off the top. If you're getting into baseball and you're finding the stats a bit too much or you you find it hard to keep track of the players or it's just you're looking for a bit of structure to it I I actually found fantasy to be a great way to kind of get to grips with the league with the numbers with the teams figure out who was on what team and you know what all the different positions were so if you are feeling a bit daunted by it all I I found fantasy to actually be a, a great way to learn that was a bit of fun and kind of gives you a bit of an incentive to pay attention to more than just your team as well
0: yeah that's um that's a great tip actually um i ended up using out of the park baseball which i think i've mentioned plenty of times before on the podcast but if you're a new listener i used that at park baseball and i ended up buying quite an old version so i think i ended up buying uh version 14 so 2014 when it was like 16 for me to properly learn about uh, positions etc um no it would have been 2015 anyway irrelevant um, so yeah, I think that maybe at the park baseball combined with fantasy baseball would definitely help. Was there, was there anything like this while you were first learning about the uh, about fantasy baseball as well? Did you listen to any podcasts for it or did you do
1: any reading? Yeah, uh, I, I started off in the early days. It was with uh, ESPN's Fantasy Focus actually, um, back in the days when Nate Ravitz, some people may be noddling, nodding along now, uh, Nate kind of moved upstairs into more of a management role and so Matthew Berry uh, kind of went over to the football side, so that, that team went away, but they were kind of my introduction to the fantasy podcast world. They were a lot of fun, um, but it was nothing like it is now. There's so much choice out there, um, many things for people to choose from uh, in terms of different hosts and different sites and things catering to different formats, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get onto as the pod goes on, but there is a, a ton more content out there now than there was 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. And I think that's probably part of the, I, I say problem in the very loosest word, but I think that's part of the problem. There's so much information out there. I think some people just find it so mind blowing and, and daunting. They don't even go near it. Um, I certainly found that with baseball in general, when I first started looking at fangrass and baseball reference, I, I don't even know what any of this means, but I think it's something we all have to, uh, we have to get used to essentially, if you want to start getting into it. Um I'm going to start by just just quoting essentially from Wikipedia because we said we're going to start at the basics. So I'm going to quote from Wikipedia what fantasy baseball is. So according to Wikipedia, it says, fantasy baseball is a game in which people manage rosters of league baseball players, either online or in a physical location. The participants compete against one another using those players realise statistics or statistics even to score points. Um, that, yeah. That really sums it up. And then, if you want to add to that, Darius, or, or change anything in that,
1: no, that's pretty much it. I'm sure a lot of people who are, who are listening who have been interested in other sports have played some kind of fantasy game fundamentally. You know, the idea is that if the player's on your team, then you will get rewarded for it in some way. And we'll, we'll get into the different ways that that can happen. But that that's pretty much it. Just the players on your team, and they do something on the field, and that reflects in your fantasy team. So we'll
0: start by just talking about the types um, of leagues and the differences between those leagues. Um, and this is more the the scoring side of it rather than the the competition and how the phys- the, the, the mechanics of it all work. So, Darius, you want to take us through the two different types of leagues you can get then? So it's, it's points and rotisserie. So if you want to just chat about points
1: first. Yeah, so I think points is probably going to be a bit more familiar to most people, especially if you've played fancy Premier League, something like that. Um, very simply that you will get a certain amount of points for each event so player hits a home run you might get five points for that if they strike out it will be minus two uh, baseball has a lot more stats than football does so that that is something that we, you'll find different immediately there'll be quite a few categories points leagues often reward players for doubles and triples as well Um there'll be stolen bases and then yeah you lose points for stuff like strikeouts court stealings but there's so many different kind of scoring formats in points leagues and you'll probably find that every time you join one they've all got their own quirks and, and different ways of rewarding players but it's quite uh, an easy way to track and I think it's possibly a bit of an easy way to manage your team as well because you don't have to think too much about accumulating different categories. Uh, rotisserie, a um, bit of a confusing name, it's actually called this because the uh, restaurant that it was invented at it was called uh, Le Rotisserie Francaise I believe uh more commonly abbreviated to roto so if you see anybody see roto that's what this is this is basically where you have the distinct categories so there'll be a home runs category a strikeouts category a wins category uh and the person who finishes in the the first place of those categories will get the most points second place gets second most points and so on and however many points you get will depend on how many teams you have so that's kind of uh The basic idea with that is to have um, average home runs, stolen bases runs and RBI on the hitting side and then wins, strikeouts, saves, um, ERA and whip on the pitching side. Those are the the basic roto categories but again more uh, varied categories are coming into play these days. You will often see quality starts instead of wins these days, on base percentage instead of average um, and you can get all kinds of silly things I've played in Roto Leagues where somebody added uh, cycles as a category, which was incredibly daft because you maybe get one or two a year and uh, nobody really likes that. But if, if you're saying a fantasy league, don't use cycles. That's my first hot tip. <laughs> I think that's a fair one. Um, we,
0: we tried to set up a league last year and I think I'm still going to try and push it through this year. And it was essentially um, trying to get the worst team you could have um so it was things like for hitters it was things like strikeouts. it was um uh what else did we have um i think it was hit by pitch one of them I, in fact i can't remember what it was but there's oh court stealing there was there was all sorts of essentially terrible categories and the great thing about that sort of league is you can't really research it like you can you can maybe get your your power hitters and stuff but oh, that was it the other thing so if they hit a home run you lost a load of points as well so yeah as darius says there's there's various uh, connotations you can do on it it's great um out of the two Darius have you have you saw a preference that you aim for and maybe if you're a new player which one would you try and guide people to
1: I think roto leagues are still the most common uh and so I think you'll find the most content out there a lot of rankings are geared towards five by five roto leagues so in terms of you're looking for somebody to hold your hand through it and um you know you want the most content to be tailored to that then they're probably easier. In terms of actually dealing with the team, I I do think that points are, are kind of simpler because in roto leagues, you need to think about balance. You have to think, where are my stolen bases coming from? Where are my home runs coming from? Have I got enough starting pitches? Have I got saves? In points leagues, it doesn't really matter how you get the points as long as you get the points. So even if you just go all power hitters, as long as you've drafted your team in the right way, Um, you know you you get the most points you win the league it doesn't matter whether you stole 100 bases or five whereas in roto leagues it's quite hard you can get away with punting one category maybe but often if you're deficient in two or three that doesn't matter how good you are in the others you won't win so I think from that perspective points are a bit easier and a lot of people listening who are thinking I've played fantasy football or uh, another similar kind of game with a point scoring system will will find that easier to relate to
0: yeah, all sounds very sensible to me. Um, so let's talk about keeping on the types of leagues as well. So within points of rotisserie, you've also got different types of competition. Um, so we, we've got written down here head-to-head and rotisserie. So there's, there's two clear ways that you can actually play a fantasy season. So there is you want to just explain the difference between head-to-head and then roto again?
1: Yeah, so in a head-to-head league, it's exactly as it says. You you compete with a specific person every week. So anybody who's played fantasy NFL will be extremely familiar with this because this is how most American football leagues are set up. Um, There are formats like this. The fantasy Premier League does that uh, cup competition type thing where you play a a specific team every week. So you don't have to worry about all the other teams. It's literally just who you're facing that week uh, and whether you get the most points or you win the most categories um then then you'll get the win uh roto you're competing with everybody all the time in all the categories and it's not on a a weekly basis it's a a season-long thing so you're kind of constantly in competition with the whole league so if there's 12 teams then you're you're trying to finish ahead of 12 teams not just one Um, and that goes on for the entire year so there's there's lots of different ways to slice it but those are the two basic ways you'll find
0: um, I have to say I cannot stand head to head and I think that's more of an NFL thing that I'm used to um, it's it's the whole idea of and I suppose it's a bit like um, baseball in the NFL in general in head to head you can lead, lead the lead the whole lead the league the whole season through get to the, the, the final game and then lose it just because your team has a bad week that week um, so for me it's all about that consistency it's almost like the, the Premier League thing going the whole season being consistent and having all those points so out of the two, that's my preference. I don't know if you've got a preference, Darius, or one you lean towards.
1: Yeah, I definitely lean towards the the roto style, playing everybody all year. Uh, I think the head-to-head is great for the banter. You know, it's it's fun uh, to take somebody down, especially if you are that underdog team who ends up winning <laughs> in the final week. Uh, you know, you can give people a lot of stick for that. So if you're looking to have a laugh with people you don't care too much about who's the best team, then then head-to-head is a great option, I think. But... If you're actually trying to to figure out which was the best team, you know, reward the team that performed the best over the course of the year, then I think most people would agree that those season long games are, are much more accurate in that kind of thing. There's obviously a lot less variance. Uh, some head to head leagues will have two week final weeks, you know, in the um, the World Series, as it were, but even that is so much more random than, than having the season long competition of Broto. So, yeah, I I definitely prefer that because I care more about that, but it certainly it, it's a good laugh and yeah you can have a lot of fun sort of knocking off the top team who's been leading the league all year and then you snatch it away from the last minute um you know letting let your mates hear about that is it's good fun
0: too <laughs> it certainly is so that that happened in my um nfl fantasy league this year um my good friend uh who's in the UK as well. Um, we we play in a, a US mainly league and myself and him are the only Brits in that league as well. He'd had a brilliant start. I'd had a terrible start. So I think I lost the first five weeks um, doing head-to-head. And then when I was playing him on the final week of the season, it was to make sure if he was the number one seed or the number two seed, And my team somehow just pulled out a blinder on the final week, which made him the number two seed. He then went on to lose the final. So he was pretty pissed off in me. But (laughs) like you say, that head to head element was brilliant because all I, in our our little chat on the the, the Facebook messenger, I just kept saying beat Richard, hashtag beat Richard all the way through um, the final week. And I was trying to get other people on board to use the hashtag and everything. It was uh, it was great banter. Um, so let's let's talk about the types of leagues then. We're still sticking with that one, but we're now onto another layer. So we've already had um, the types of scoring you can do and then also the types of competition. But we're now going on to the um, types of leagues. And I've, I, I've written it here as the second layer. So you're sort of going down now. So you you figured out whether you want to do points or rotisserie. you figured out when you want to do head-to-head or rotisserie in terms of the competition. But now you've got to decide whether you're going to do a redraft, a keeper, a dynasty or a daily. So, Darius, can you just start us off with redraft then? I think that's probably the simplest one to talk about.
1: Yeah, this is the one that most people will encounter if you're dipping your toe in for the first time. If you go on ESPN or Yahoo and you're just signing up for a public league, it's just going to be a redraft. So that means it's a single season. You're not worrying about future years. Um, It's just which is the best team this year. And, And after the season's over, that's it. You know, it's a reset and you go again next year. Um, so that's that's the simplest. You don't have to think about any other considerations. It's just I'm trying to win in 2019. That's it. Um, keeper formats are looking towards the future as well. Um, they're not so in depth. Normally you'll find with keepers that you'll have X number of players kept. Um, so I'm in a keeper league, for example, where you keep six players. And everybody else gets thrown back at the end of the year. So while you're obviously trying to win uh, in the current year as much as possible, um, you've also got one eye on the future. There's a little bit more of an incentive to take younger players and the teams that are, are out of the current season towards the end of the year can start thinking about, well, who are the guys that I think maybe are going to take a step forward in the future so they can try and gear their rosters up, maybe they'll make a trade to, to pick up a guy who's on the DL or who's having a down year but they think he's going to bounce back in 2019 while the other teams are competing for the title. Uh, Dynasty leagues are keep everything this is for your really in-depth fantasy player so if you want to have a roster if you're the kind of person who likes football manager or if you have played out in the park baseball but this is your first fantasy league dynasty leagues are probably for you you'll get to keep your whole roster every year some of them have really arcane rules to do with contracts and things like that so um, some people would argue that's not a true dynasty league if you have to drop players or, or increase their salaries things like that but Generally, they tend to be the most in-depth. Often they'll be 40, 50-man rosters. And it's literally, yeah, you can just keep your whole team. Um, So often the the player pool will be very diminished on the free agent wire as well. Then it will be a case of if you want to pick up a, a quality major league player, you probably have to do so in a trade because a lot of the guys tend to be owned. And then you've got Daily Fantasy, which is literally you pick a new team every day and you can dip in and out as much as you want. Um, it has been a bit more difficult to play this in the UK. Um, certainly, as the, the daily fantasy industry has been starting up, lots of different legal complications and things like that. But fundamentally, the, the idea is, yeah, that the uh, squad you pick is just for that evening's slate of games only, and then uh, you'll be on a leaderboard or uh, you know competing against a certain pool of players. And there's usually cash on the line. Um, sometimes it'll be a few dollars. Sometimes it'll be thousands depending on the level that you put in. But um, if you're the kind of person who likes the quick fix, you don't want to wait six months to find out if you're going to win, you want to know tonight, then the daily is the game for you.
0: Yeah, so just just going through each one of those then. So um, redraft then, the one season only, the, the sort of pitfalls for that one in, in my experience is um, when it comes to the final few months of the season, you'll have some guys that have just dropped out completely. Um, And if you're going to head to head, then um, uh, as we said before, you could end up with some very easy wins and it can be quite frustrating if you're pushing to try and win the title and um, your schedule is up against other guys that are pushing for the title. Whereas one of the other guys who's near the top has got, you know, two or three games against guys who have completely checked out and aren't even checking the league anymore. Uh, That can be a real letdown and it's quite annoying for that league as well. Um, In terms of keeper, keeper sort of, Tied in with Dynasty as well, um, you end up finding that leagues having guys that could drop out quite a lot and it's got to be a real robust bunch. Um, I think I've started about two different Dynasty leagues and after season one, it's completely collapsed when too many people have fallen out and the commission has just given up. And um, so with those, you've got to find a real good bunch that are going to stick together and, you know, it's unlikely in my experience correct me if I'm wrong Darius but it's unlikely to go into a dynasty league on season one and still keep it going 10 seasons later um I think a lot of dynasty leagues in my experience have been you need to dip into one that's already running has been running for a couple of years and you'll end up with you know the Baltimore Orioles that year and it'll be utter turd and you've got to just essentially run through that year of just rubbish just picking up the scraps that you can trying to trade some pieces away and get some young prospects but Maybe that's a bit too advanced for this pod. Um, So with those, there's there's pitfalls with all of them. Um, Daily, and this really comes into a question that's going to come later, out of those three leagues we've just spoken about before, so Redraft, Keeper and Dynasty, the the players are yours. They're no one else's, so they can't use them. Whereas daily, everyone can use the players. So if you want to put Mookie Betts in your team that night, everyone else can put Mookie Betts in their team that night. Um, The idea is you accumulate more points in them in other areas if needs be. Um, and as you're saying, Darius, it, it has taken a while to get going daily fantasy sports in the UK. But you can get DraftKings in the UK, and the app does work as well. I've used it quite a few times, um, and the, the guys on Twitter who work for DraftKings are quite good at responding if you have any issues in terms of GPS or location fixes, etc. Uh, any thoughts on that, Darius?
1: Yeah, I, I would just say it's uh, an issue that um, I think is still going through a lot of um, legal repercussions. Um, there is uh, obviously a lot of stuff in this particular area with gambling being a big problem in certain states in the US Um, that has been legalized in in quite a number now, but everybody's still kind of feeling their way out around it. Um, Sites like DraftKings and FanDuel have kind of fallen foul of the law a few times, there have been some fairly landmark cases. This is still pretty new stuff as far as the internet goes, as far as gambling goes. Um, So it's kind of one of those things that, you know, we could still see undergo a few changes. We could see it blow up a lot more um, if more American states decide to re- embrace it. Uh, so, yeah, kind of one of those things that's, that's constantly evolving, as, as with much of the Internet. And I'm sure that will, will continue to grow if more places legalize it.
0: Yeah, it's um it's really good. It's really interesting. It's really fun. Um, it can also be incredibly frustrating. Um, if, if you're going to do daily sports, then I recommend that you pick the earliest later games that you can you can get to. Um, and also if you're gonna set or any games that you're gonna watch that evening, because once your lineup's set and then you go to bed, the amount of times I've had it where all of a sudden that player's not gonna to play tonight, it's really frustrating and you can't
1: change it. Yeah. Um, I will also say that daily has been um a bit of an area that the the sharks have really dipped into, I think, that the people who've got the time on their hands who can just put in hundreds of lineups. Um, they're kind of preying on the, the people who are just having a bit of fun, making all their money off them. I'm sure people who kind of uh, got into the online poker uh, scene a few years back will be familiar with this kind of phenomenon, but there are some sharks out there who know exactly how to make money and it's it's a volume play really in, in those cases. So that's been a, a bit of an issue with daily as well and, and it is used to get frustrated, I think, because there are people who's, who's basically doing this as their job and <laughs> they've got a lot of time to... Uh, pick the optimal lineups and submit as many as they can and so they obviously can have a much bigger chance than you of winning so that's something that's kind of kept me away from playing it a little bit
0: yeah that's very true if you want to make money then make stupid bets with me i'm more than happy to do stupid (laughs) bets as everyone knows um so we've, we've got – I'm going to throw in a question here from one of the listeners, which will then bring us onto our next category. We're still on types of leagues. We're still doing it. So we've gone through the scoring, the competition, what I've called the second layer, where it talks about redraft keeper dynasty daily. We're now going to go on to our third layer and a question we had from Alan Witts, um, who's at Witts13 on Twitter. Um, I, I believe he's, he's going to be dipping his toe into fantasy sports, uh, fantasy baseball this year. So he said to us, um, how does the rotation work and how many changes can you make? Well, that's where we come into lineups. Um, and there's actually a term on here that Darius has added onto my little note. So I don't even know. So I'm looking forward to this bit. But you get daily lineups, weekly lineups and also best ball. I've never heard of that term. So I'm going to learn something t- new, too, as well, listeners. So, Darius, just take us through daily lineups, weekly lineups and best
1: ball. So, yeah, pretty self-explanatory here, really. Daily lineup leagues mean that you can change your lineup every day. Um, it's pretty uncommon in fantasy to have a restriction at all on how many changes you can make on your roster. Um, I've played in quite a few leagues where the number of uh, pickups you can make are restricted over the course of the year to prevent people. And, and you'll all come across these people who always seem to be that guy who's the first to pick up a player, who's always getting in their claims. Um, so I've played in plenty of leagues that have rules to dissuade that, um, leagues that maybe to do three pickups a week. Or you um, often will have what's called a free agent acquisition budget or FAB, as it's usually abbreviated, where you maybe get $100 to pick up players over the course of the year. So you've got to kind of spread that out. So daily lineups will let you swap in and out your players as much as you want. Uh, Weekly, it will usually be a Sunday night, Monday morning. You have to set your lineup and then it's locked for the week. So you just have to look at your team, decide who you want to start that week, pick out the right pitching matchups, who's playing in Coors Field. uh, and you, You set it and forget it until next Sunday. Uh, and then best ball, um, this is basically where your best lineup gets started every week. So particularly on fan tracks these days, um, what's becoming quite popular are uh, 50 player draft and hold leagues. Um, so you draft your lineup at the start of the season. Each week, uh, the team that scores the most points will be entered for you, basically. So whoever the players who would have scored, I think it's maybe uh. 24, 25 starting players. Um they get slotted into your lineup uh, and then it resets and you go again the next week. So it's just picking out the players to score the most. So uh, it's kind of a completely different strategy. Quite good if you're looking to maybe do a draft, but you don't want to sit there and manage your team all year. Um, that, that's the kind of league for you. So uh, those are, are three different ways of managing your team. And, and really, which one you do depends on how much time you want to invest. Uh, I'm a daily person myself because I, I really like checking every day. And I also like being able to, to kind of dip in and out when I can. Uh, Weekly involves less constant input, I think, to do well, Um, but you do need to make sure that you're there on the Sunday or the Monday to react to the latest injuries, react to the latest news. If you miss that for a week, then your team could be completely useless the next week. So do bear that in mind. If you're somebody who has to work on a Sunday, for example, then that might be a bit of a pain for you. And then, yeah, best ball, if you're a, like, I've got the draft bug, I want to draft a team, but I do not want to sit there for six months and manage it, then then go for that. Because that that's kind of a fun way to do a draft, which is, as we'll get on to, probably one of the most fun parts of the season. But you don't then have to go in and, and make hundreds of changes over the course of the year.
0: Uh, I think I've just found a new format that I like. Best ball sounds brilliant. <laughs> I love the sound of that. I did not know that existed. That's really good news. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, daily lineups. Um, Again, as I said about daily fantasy sports, you can now fall foul of that. Ah, right, my lineup's set up. I'm all ready to go. I'm going to... It's, you know, well, for me, it's nine o'clock. I'm going to bed. But for most normal people, half past ten, I'm off to bed now. Switch your phone off, go to sleep, and then all of a sudden you wake up in the morning. Oh, Mookie Betts didn't start. He got pulled from the lineup. Great. I've lost out on points that night. Um, Weekly lineups are incredibly good fun because... um, as Darius said, if you if you miss one week, my God, you are really going to struggle that week. And especially for the rest of the year in the great fantasy baseball invitational last year, um, I think I missed uh, two weeks at the start of the season just through work and, you know, forgetting to actually set my line up on a Sunday evening, Monday morning. And it just completely screwed me. Admittedly, my draft strategy screwed me as well, which will come later. Um, but yeah, not setting that lineup is absolutely crucial. Um, and the great thing about the weekly lineups is, especially in the UK, if you put Mookie Betts in for that, I know I keep using Mookie Betts, but if you put Mookie Betts in for that week and he misses one game, well, it's not merely a a drama, you know, you've had him for the rest of the week. So it's perfect for it. So I think as a UK baseball fan before knowing about best ball, which is now my new favorite format, weekly lineups were my preferred method of playing base, uh, fancy baseball I can see your point as well, Darius. And the great thing about daily lineups is it keeps you so in touch with the rest of baseball. Um, the, the amount I learned about different players last year who were on my fancy team, but I had no interest in before was brilliant. Um, because you're constantly looking at those stats and trying to work out, you know, if you're going to drop them or keep them or go and sign somebody else in the free agent market. There was, um, there's quite a few names that, uh, you know, were unknowns to me before playing fancy baseball last year. Um, have you if you played any best ball at all, Darius? That's, this doesn't sound like your your dream for oh, so
1: I, I haven't yet. No, I, I I do intend to play one uh, at some point. Um, and yeah, obviously once once you've done the draft, you don't have to do a ton of input. But um, also, this is kind of a, a busy time of year for us. Uh, it seems funny people think, oh, it's the dead of the off season, but actually we're doing a ton of uh, preview content uh, at BP, and it's uh, also I'm in quite a few dynasty leagues where we're thinking about keepers and got drafts coming up. So it's actually a time when I'm, I'm thinking about quite a lot of different things and I'm not not generally thinking, oh, yeah, you know what? I could do another draft right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the um, yeah, going back to uh, types of leagues, I'm sure we'll come into it on the draft. But be aware, folks, if you're going to do a tennis league, it's generally quite a slow draft um, and they'll be starting soon, I reckon, to make sure they're all good before the start of the season. And when I say slow draft, I mean, sort of, you know, could be six, maybe 24 hours a pick. Um, it takes a long time, especially if you've got a big league, which brings us on to our next subject. Um, look at that seamless transition, um, number of teams. So th- the number of teams uh, I've put down here, and I think it's true, adjust just the difficulty of finding um, talent within the league. Um, if you imagine you've got a 10-team league, there's there's a lot of talent out there. Bearing in mind there's 30 major league teams, as we all know. Um, if you've only got a 10-team fantasy league, that's a lot of players to go around. If you've got a 30 team dynasty league, and as we said, that's one that keeps going, um, that's going to be absolutely brutal to try and find talent. Um, Darius, what what sort of uh, team leagues are you used to? What do you aim for? And are there any that you avoid at all?
1: Um, I, I play in a pretty wide range, to be honest. Um, I, the league I've been playing in the longest has kind of been an 11, 12 team keeper league. That was the one that uh, I joined uh, right after my first year. Um, so I've been playing that. I think, yeah, last year would have been the, the 10th season of that league. So um, that's been a lot of fun, but there is a lot of talent out there. The, the waiver wire is very plentiful. Um, the rosters are, are pretty small, so it's easy to pick up guys, you know, guys with favorable starts, uh, finding new closes, you know, the, the pop-up prospects aren't always owned. Um, on the other hand, yeah, we just drafted a 30 team dynasty for uh, friends with fancy benefits. And, I think I'm just having a look at the waiver wire now. The, uh, the top pitcher currently listed out on the waiver wire is Andrew Kashner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, top hitter is, they're all catchers. It is only a one-catcher league, mercifully. But Matt wow. Wieters is the number one hitter on the waiver wire. Wow. So this is the, the idea of the kind of differences you get. Um, again, if you go on ESPN and Yahoo and sign up for a public league or something, it's going to be a 10-team or a 12-team league. So it should be pretty shallow. Uh, there'll be plenty of opportunity to pick guys up. And you don't have to worry too much about, or oh, am I going to be able to find replacements during the year? They're, they will be there because, you know, it's, it's a simple math problem. You said 30 team, major league baseball teams. Most of those teams are going to have seven or eight guys who start the majority of the days. Most of them are going to have probably at least three to four reliable starting pitchers. So if you're, there's only 10 teams in your league, obviously there's going to be tons of guys out there. By the time you're, the amount of teams in your league matches the amount of teams in baseball, then then you've got a problem. There's going to be lots of teams out there who are having to start guys who are utility bats. And what you'll find in, in teams, uh, Dynasty Leagues That Deep, is that a lot of teams just don't try for many of the seasons. They just stack their lineups with prospects and they wait. You know, they pick on the, the, the teams who are trying to compete now. Uh, they get their prospects and they're quite happy to sit out two, three years. Padres style uh, while they wait for the uh, <laughs> their prospects to to get to the majors
0: no no you wait for the debt to clear first <laughs> oh yeah wait for your debt
1: to clear yeah that's <laughs> clear
0: then the prospects then sign the free agents because um, they you know Manny Machado and Bryce Harper will come around again it's not a problem um let's not get into the Padres now uh I don't yeah I don't the 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 depth of it, I think if you're starting out, yeah, go for a 10 or 12 team league. That's the way to go because you're not trying to look out for that, you know, that third baseman who might get you a few home runs just to top up your total. The, the talent's quite rich out there. You can go and grab some some easy wins. Um, and with things like the daily lineups, um, if they're, if you're getting somebody who's on a bit of a hot streak and, you know, we'll come into stats and and looking in for hot streaks and things like that, it's quite easy um, in those sorts of leagues, to go and pick those guys up, it's the, the deeper leagues that you're going to struggle to get that talent, and that's where your research is going to come in. That's where, like Darius said, you're going to be having to do that that extra work just to try and win the league or get in anywhere near the top as well. Um, I just want to check, actually, did we answer Alan Witz's question from earlier? How does the rotation work, and how many changes can you make? I think we kind of answered that, didn't we? In the sense, well, we that, we
1: covered that by basically saying that there is no no limit on how many changes you can make. It.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the rotation—you're not officially setting a rotation. You're you're allocating pitchers to start in pitching, and if they're starting that day, they're starting. It's it's not a case of you've got to you know put your one to five in, and they'll go through that rotation. Um, it, it doesn't work like baseball in that sense. So you could have you know five pitchers starting for you that day, and then none for the rest of the week. That that, that could just be the way it happens. Um, so let's go on to the uh, the, the players then. Um, we we've said is there sort of a default number of players for each team that they have to draft and you are kind of touching it with, you know, two catcher or one catcher leagues. And then Alan Witts comes back again and asks, um, does one team um, have one player or can you all share him? We kind of spoke about this in daily, but um, uh, daily fantasy sports, but with fantasy baseball, if you're not playing daily fantasy sports, once you've drafted that player, he's yours. No one else can have him unless, you know, you drop him and they pick him up or you decide to trade him. Um, Darius, what's the what's the kind of deepest league you've seen, and, and, and what's the average really?
1: Deepest league I've seen. Uh, I mean, I've I was briefly in a, a score sheet league. Um, score sheet is a whole other beast. We won't get into score sheet. Now. <laughs> Suffice it to say that of all the uh, league types we've covered so far, score sheet is deeper than any of them we've we've gone to. Uh, you even have to think about uh, defense as well. So, um, oh my word, it's a whole other animal. Um, <laughs> But that's the kind of league where like, yeah, even, you know, every team's top 30 or 40 prospects are owned. Um, a bit ludicrous. In, wow. in terms of starting lineups, um, you don't tend to get more than um, basically you'll have the standard positions. So you've got catcher first, second, third, short, three outfielders, utility. Um, most leagues will, will tend to expand that because if you use just those positions, especially in a 10 or 12 team league, it gets very shallow on the waiver wire and you get some pretty good players out there. So what you'll see in a lot of fancy leagues, and I think this is uh, like ESPN and Yahoo's standard setup. Um, they'll also add a middle infield spot. So that can be second base or shortstop, uh, corner infield spot, which is first base, third base. And they'll use five outfielders, not three. So that's your, your kind of standard hitting lineup. Uh, pitching is almost always nine. Uh, in my experience, um, the vast majority of leagues I've played in uh, have been nine pitchers. Sometimes they will literally just be P spots, so you can put starters or relievers in those, doesn't matter. Uh, some leagues will split that out, so they will force you to have two relief pitcher spots, maybe, and, and three starting pitcher, and then they'll, the rest will be either or. Uh so th- those are the kind of standard roster sizes uh, i think that works out as 23 active players uh and then i think yahoo normally does maybe a six man bench espn tends to be four i think so again that impacts even if you think it's just 12 teams uh, if there's two bench spots different that's 24 extra players out on the waiver wire so all these things are, are kind of stuff that you'll need to think about and, and it really depends where you sign up and if you're in a custom league uh, your the guy who set up your league may have just gone nuts and said, oh, yeah, I want everybody to have 10 bench spots or we all need to be starting three catchers. Please don't let your league <laughs> do that. But, um, but those are the kind of things you can do. You know, there are lots of settings to customise and, and positions are certainly one of them. So uh, if you're kind of trying to set up a fun league with your friends, then play around and see what you can do. You might find something that really interests you.
0: I've, I've just recently received my email from the, uh, the great fantasy baseball Invitational invitational to say that I'm in for a second year. I have no idea how Justin's put me in for a second year. I think so he could just laugh at me. Um, <laughs> and, and and the fact that that league's a two catcher league is already giving me a headache. Um, I'd literally don't know what to do. I think last year I ended up drafting Austin Hedges and sticking with him until, um, Savelli started to, uh, to start hitting home runs. So I just switched him there. And then two catches has already given me a big headache. Um,
1: yeah, a three catcher league? Jesus! I've, to be to clarify, I've never played in a three catcher league. I'm just <laughs> saying it's the, the kind of bonkers thing that that somebody might do if they hadn't ever set up a league before. That'd be horrible.
0: Um, yeah, with those, uh, so let's talk about the corner infield and middle infielder, middle infielder slots as well, and especially utility slots. Um, that's quite an important bit as well to try and get your head around. I know it sounds so simple. Well, maybe it doesn't. When I look at it now, it looks so simple. You go, oh yeah, corner infielder, middle infielder, got that. That's fine. But there's going to be times as well when, you know, your second baseman, let's say it's Pedroia, he's not playing that evening either because he's injured or Boston aren't playing that night. Um, and you might have a, a middle infielder who can't actually play second base. He's just a shortstop. Um, so you find that you might have to do some jiggery pokery and move some people around. it, And it ends up being a little bit of a puzzle and trying to use that utility slot as well of slotting people in and out of there. But that's something you kind of have to just get used to and, and look at it if you can try and get players that have got two or three position if they've got three positions great but if you've got dual eligibility for different positions that's even better um so, so finding those sort of utility guys almost like your brock holtz people like that who can who can play all over the place so you can just slot him in wherever and if he's getting a game at least you're going to get some points out of him um the the Two catcher league stuff, as we said, is pretty brutal because catchers aren't great anyway. And now you've got to draft at least two and play two every day. Um, It's pretty painful. Um, So let's talk more about player restrictions then. So, Darius, you mentioned the fact that some um, leagues have pitchers just listed as P, um, which means you can put a starter or a reliever in there. um, And with your starting pitchers as well. You can end up doing something called streaming, which um, I don't think we're going to go into just yet, but essentially you change one pitcher or maybe two pitches every single day or week just to try and get a starter in there all the time. Um, but some leagues end up putting innings, innings or start limits
1: on there. Do you want to just quickly clarify on that what the sort of standard is? Yeah, again, it very much depends on your league size. Uh, my my long time keeper league has a 200 start limit, for example, um, the idea behind these kind of things is, is usually to stop people just overdoing it with the volume. Um, you know, again, the, that guy who's always there who can make pickups every day, or who's just you know got the time to put into it. It's um,
0: essentially, you, Darius.
1: Yeah, guys like me. <laughs> uh, but it's to stop people basically flooding, uh, you know, the the lineup with with players uh, just getting as many stats in as they possibly can. Uh, it's a bit more about trying to force them to make good decisions. Uh, quality over quantity so you can't just go out there and just keep starting players and and I've been in leagues with players who have not noticed that there are limits so do pay attention to this and this is something we'll come on to again but um, I've been in in a league with an innings limit and somebody um, basically sort of ran out of innings with about three weeks to go and ended up getting passed by several players in the standings because he just didn't pay attention to it and you know came up one day and he was like oh why can't I start players anymore it's like well you've run out of innings now haven't you? Yeah. So, okay. so be be sure to check your rules and and uh, make sure you you know what's going on there because it does make a big difference and you do have to think a little bit more carefully. You know, if you're starting a borderline guy in a, a questionable matchup, just sometimes have to think: is it really worth using one of my starts on this, or, or do I want to wait for a better matchup? And and often those matchups in September when the 40 man uh, is expanded and you've got like the rookies in there. Sometimes you can get some really good matchups, you know, cold weather, things like that. So it, all these are all kind of things that you have to think about when you've got limits like that. You know, how best can I use those resources rather than just, oh, I'm just going to start three guys every day and, and, and accumulate as many stats as I can
0: uh Darius you will be and listeners will be surprised to know that last year I was that guy with three weeks to go and run out of starts <laughs> um, I didn't read the rules because I'm an idiot and just kept throwing starters at the problem and uh yeah I lost I lost that in the final What's the and I want to
1: say yeah I've seen people do this other areas um I think somebody in TGFBI drafted uh I think it was both Braves catchers last year with the idea that you know to get to, together I think Flowers and Suzuki had been pretty productive yeah But because it was a weekly league, you couldn't swap one in (laughs) when the the bench. <laughs> so it, uh, obviously that kind of strategy does not work if you're in a daily league then you can do something like that and I would advise people against drafting two catches if you don't need to start to anyway but that's the kind of thing you've got to watch out for you know weekly daily leagues that makes a big difference uh, and you don't maybe want guys who you know maybe it's a platoon bat and you can't swap them out if they're you know end up facing a lot of lefties or something things like that uh, just check your rules and, and make sure you know what's going on because it does affect your decisions uh yeah and we'll, we'll come on to that now well
0: we're going to talk about AL and NL only leagues I mean if people get involved in this in their first attempt that's that's pretty brave but essentially with some of the player restrictions you can have just NL only leagues and AL only leagues I believe Darius correct me if I'm wrong but the NL only leagues as well they have they sometimes have the pitchers hitting accumulating stats as well
1: uh I've not played in a league like that um so I, I don't know. I haven't seen that, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's certainly something that you see people complain about a lot, uh, usually with Madison Bumgarner in recent years, because he's hit a few dingers complaining that they don't get his, his hitting stats. Um, but I personally haven't played in the league like that. So we've literally got Otani now, that's it, because I, I don't know who Bumgarner is going to play for next year. Yeah, M- Michael Lorenzen kind of keeps true. talking about this, but we're, we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, true. Okay, so uh, let's look at the stats then involved in the league. So, as Darius, you've you've mentioned quite a few times now. Um, you've got to understand the stats, really, haven't you? Because if you don't know what stats are going to accumulate, what points that's going to completely affect your 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 year going forwards, really. Um, I essentially took Joey Votto quite early last year thinking, yes, he's going to do quite well for the OBP. And then when I looked at the the, the rules afterwards, OBP wasn't even involved. It was average. I was like, eh, that's not so good. I mean, Joey Votto's got a good average, don't get me wrong, but his OBP was the one that was making me, well, would have been making me all the points, but that just wasn't the case. So... Yeah, it, we've put it on the notes to, to really study the points before you go into the draft and, and determine where your picks are going to go. You know, if, if stolen bases for some reason aren't involved in your league, then, you know, it's going to decide whether you take to people like Billy Hamilton, who, who don't really provide much else, or, you know, Whit Merrifield as well. You're going to be going for him when your stolen bases aren't going to count for anything. Um, have you got any more to add on that, Darius, when it comes to understanding those stats?
1: Um, Well, I I will say that there are lots of resources out there that if you're thinking, well, how am I supposed to rank these players if your league isn't set up, perhaps in the standard ways that we talked about earlier? um, There's plenty of things out there. Fangraphs have their own um, auction calculator. So basically what you can do is go and plug in your league settings, tell it which categories you use, tell it how many teams you've got. Uh, and it will spit out a bunch of dollar values to to help you rank those players. Um, Tanner Bell over at Smart Fancy Baseball has got a very cool Excel sheet that you can get from him um, that kind of will, will help you to calculate uh, values based on your specific league setup. So there's plenty of things out there. Lots of subscription sites. I think uh, RotoWire maybe have some draft software if you sign up with them. Stuff like that um, that will help you tailor your rankings to your league. So. That kind of thing can help a lot. And, and certainly if you're in a points league, you can just take a set of projections, um, you know, go on to graphs or baseball prospectus or, or wherever you want to get your projections from, and then go and stick them in an Excel sheet, look at your league scoring, you know, and figure out how this is going to correspond. So if your league maybe rewards players more for home runs than the standard format, then you can obviously just put that in an Excel formula and go, oh. Jerry Gallo's like the 10th best player in my league because he's going to hit a ton of dingers uh, and batting average doesn't matter so stuff like that you can you can do that yourself it's a good way to get to grips with the stats and and uh, figure out how people will be valued in your league and you'll get an edge over the the rest of your league because they'll be going on the kind of the standard site rankings which usually are based on those five by five standard categories that we're talking about so if batting average isn't used in your league that's not going to be factored in into those standard site rankings. So that's some an, an area where, especially if you're in like a new league with a lot of people who, who haven't really done fantasy before, you can really get an easy edge just by doing that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, the, there's loads of resources out there. Like I said at the start, though, it's quite daunting going to look for them. But if in doubt, then, you know, give myself or Darius a nudge. Darius first. If he doesn't answer, then come to me and I'll just go and ask Darius and then he'll tell me. And then I'll tell you. That's probably the easiest way. Um, Darius, we've got preparing for the draft next, but I'm conscious of the fact we've done about 45 minutes so far. Do you think we should leave the draft and go into that next time or should we do the draft now?
1: Um, well, maybe we can do a, a quick overview and, and we'll see how people feel about it. Um, we could, I'm sure we could definitely do a whole draft episode. We could probably do a draft episode while we were doing a draft. Um <laughs> so that that, would probably... no
0: that, that's gonna max me out I struggled enough <laughs> last year whilst being on holiday in Fuerteventura, Ventura trying to like waking up at three o'clock in the morning sweating because it was my pick on TGFBI and like almost trying to flick through these magazines really quietly in my voice fast asleep to try and work out who was going to pick next and yes
1: I picked Jose Pirella while I was struggling but anyway that's fine yeah um, so I think I could probably run through these in in five minutes maybe um, without getting too bogged down and then and then we can see what people want if they've got a lot of more questions about the draft we can always come back to it in a, a more advanced episode i guess
0: okay cool so preparing for the draft then we, we've gotten the notes know your rules which we've spoken about before um there's some real key points there Darius. so do you want to just go over the different
1: things about knowing your rules that are going to help you make your strategy yeah so this is i mean we've touched on a few of these things already but check which positions you need uh before you're doing your prep um check how your league is scored you know are you using batting average or obp that's a pretty basic one but people don't always check beforehand
0: hello Um, this guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah how many players are owned what are the free agent rules are you going to be able to pick players up every day is it a weekly system are there limits on how many players you can pick up have you got a budget to pick up players Um, All these things will affect the kind of strategies you want to go for. Sometimes you'll want to take maybe slightly safer picks because you can't make as many pickups. Yeah, sometimes you want to bump up those those players in OBP leagues. Uh, If it's a two-catcher league, that's definitely a, a situation where Ordinarily, I would not worry that much about catcher. I'm just going to take a catcher late unless one of the great guys really falls a long way. But if you're in a two-catcher league, it's very hard to get away with just waiting and waiting on catcher. Because if you have two bad catchers, that really kills your team. Um, So those kind of things, just make sure you know them before the draft. Don't turn up at the draft day and look at your team and go, oh, I've just realized this is a two-catcher league. Because then you'll be trying to adjust on the fly while the draft's in progress. and, And that's never good
0: yeah so uh, talking about the draft then so uh, being in progress so beforehand um we've got here have a strategy um we've already talked about the different types of points that are out there and the categories and what you're looking for yeah you've got to you've got to try and make sure that you're aiming for those points you know where's your strength coming where's your power coming from where's your stolen bases coming from if they're the categories um if you're not finding those you've got to start looking for that next best available player um are you, kind of, are you adjusting your draft on the fly as well?
1: Or are you sticking with it and rolling with it no matter what happens? You've always got to be able to adjust. Um, you never know how things are going to go, especially if this is new, if you're playing with new players, if you're playing with people you don't know at all. Uh, anything could happen. You could find that you're suddenly in a league with a load of Yankees homers and they're all just bumping all the Yankees players up the draft board and you're finding that suddenly people are falling to you. You know, they hate Mookie bets. Um, and so he's suddenly forced you at 10th overall and you were thinking oh I want to take a picture here don't take a picture take Mookie Betts uh, you know be (laughs) be flexible so don't go in saying this is my strategy and I'm only going to do this Um, but do have a a general idea of what the player pool is like Um, these days it's a lot harder to get the workhorse ace starting pitchers because teams are not using their pictures like that generally so um, i think uh, a lot of people for example are, are trying to get at least one of those guys you know a shirts a, a sale a kluber somebody in that upper tier because it once you sort of get past maybe picture 2025 it, it starts to go into a big uh, glob as paul Sporer of fangraphs uh, terms it so things like that just get get an idea of what you you're trying to do where are you aiming for certain players And I would say also to people who are doing this for the first time, do not worry about not filling a a certain slot. You know, don't get to the ninth round and think, oh, I still haven't got a second baseman. I have to get a second baseman. Uh, The only position that really has a lot of scarcity these days is catcher. Otherwise, just just try and take the best player available until you get towards the end of the draft you need to fill in. Um, Go by your rankings, go by the value. Don't just think, oh, I must get second base now. You'll see a lot of people do that if it's their first time playing fantasy.
0: Hello, this Uh, idiot does it every
1: year. (laughs) And you can get a lot of value by just taking the players who slide because everybody's going, oh, well, you know, I already got one third baseman. If you've got a corner infield slot and there's another great third baseman on the board take the great third baseman don't think you have to fill one of your open slots uh, you know at, at shortstop or second base because you haven't taken that yet um so yeah be flexible and, and take the values as they come to you
0: yeah and the great thing is if you are doubling up in a position you can always make a trade so you can always use that person somewhere else to go and get that second baseman you may or may not need um all the things that darius has said then are things exactly that i've done in the past so I've been part of that um starting pitcher rush where you go, oh God, I need to get a starter right now. And all of a sudden your strategy's gone out the window. You know, you're giving up one of the best outfielders in the game just because you want to get a starter like everyone else is. Um on the flip side as well, closer rush, which is a question we had before, that happens as well. All of a sudden, when the closes start going, almost I suppose like the catchers as well, once the good closes start to disappear, you start to have a bit of a panic and you need to get one in all of a sudden to get those saves. So those, those things are going to happen. And as Darius said, you need to adjust your strategy as necessary. You know, can you pick up saves later? Can you try and break that rush and go for somebody else? Um, the best position player, or sorry, the best player that's available at the time, then maybe you have to do that. Um, Darius, you've put on it, this one's confused me, so I want to know your take on this. Um, know how you feel about players and don't get stuck on the clock with the decision. What, what do you mean by that?
1: Basically what I mean is, Uh, don't have your pick coming up and have like four or five guys you're trying to choose between and not really knowing exactly who you prefer, you know, especially if it's two guys at the same position. You should know that before the draft, you should have your rankings. Um, Maybe it depends a bit if you've taken a guy with, uh, you know, a high batting average early on and you feel like you can afford somebody, you know, a Joey Gallo type who's not going to give you the average but does give you power. It, It can depend on how you've constructed your team. Um, But you should kind of figure out what you think about players. Are you confident in them? Do you think they're going to take a step forward? Do you have a concern about, you know, uh, an area? Maybe they got a bit lucky in 2018 and you don't think they're going to sustain. Um, Be figuring out that stuff before the draft. Don't go into the draft and find, oh, it's my pick in in two uh, two or three minutes. And I've got to choose between these guys. And I don't really know how I feel about this guy. You should know how you feel about the guys that will that will make your team a lot better because otherwise you yeah. just kind of be guided by the site and the site rankings are not always great and the average drop draft position is not always great so yeah um, make sure you know how you feel
0: uh yeah that makes total sense um so with with the draft as well, you're going to be given a position somewhere in that draft. You know, if it's a a thirty team league, it's given between one and thirty. So if you're ranked number thirty within that draft, um, when you're sorting out your rankings, it's probably worth not putting Mike on much work into Mike Trout and Mookie Betts because he's not really going to, they're not really going to fall that far. Um, You've got an advantage, though, because you can do mock drafts, which are usually available through the app or whatever you're using for um, for fancy baseball. Um, with mock drafts, you can just practice it over and over again and try and work a strategy and see if it works for you. Um, bearing in mind, I have never won a fancy baseball league in the three, four years that I've been doing it, I have never found mock drafts that useful. Darius, sell it to me. Why are mock drafts very good?
1: Uh, I think they can be good. I don't think they're exclusively good, Uh I would say this might be the time that it's the most useful um, because if you've never been on the clock in a fantasy draft, it can be a bit weird and <laughs> suddenly you'll be like, oh, I've got a minute to make my pick and then you look at the clock again you've got eight seconds to make your pick. <laughs> um So put yourself in that situation uh, and and make sure you're used to it, even if it's just to make sure that your computer works with the draft software, because I've also been in a position where, like, my browser's crappy and, like, the the clock only counts down once every three seconds, Um, you know, (laughs) so it's worth testing but it's also worth uh, putting yourself in in that position because you might find that you know it's a bit daunting at first and you don't really know uh, who you're taking Um, and so it's a good idea to kind of get used to it especially if you're towards um, what's called the turn so if you're in a snake draft and we'll we'll talk about snake drafts a bit um, but if you have two picks that are close together basically sometimes you might have to pick one player and then 20 or 30 seconds later you'll it'll be on the clock again for your pick so uh, you need to be able to pick quickly uh, and yeah, it's, it's a good idea to, to have a go at a mock even if it's just once to get used to that kind of thing um, beyond that you can test out strategies I think it's of limited use because a lot of people aren't taking them seriously or they're full of yeah. bots which just draft from the standard rankings anyway so you could do it if you say, oh, what happens if I take three starters in my first five picks? How does my team look? If you want to try something like that, they're, they're OK for that kind of thing. Um, but generally speaking, they're not going to recreate a proper draft that closely, especially if you're playing with a bunch of people who, are, who know what they're doing. They won't draft anything like, you know, people in the mocks do. Um, we've
0: kind of touched on them. Uh, are there any... Um guides or websites that you believe are you know vital for preparing for the draft are there any that you um pick up every year or ones that you found recently and you think oh this is good this is one to go for because again um i remember going to shops in america and just seeing this vast collection of magazines going i have no idea which one i'm going to pick here to try and use as part of a draft guide is there
1: is there one that you go for or are you going for a collection yeah i mean i i don't tend to Specifically, get draft guides. Uh, I use a lot of sources. So, um, something I would say is like it's cool to have a magazine, but I, I wouldn't heavily rely on them because often these things have been produced maybe two, three months before the draft yeah. starts. Players get hurt, players switch teams. Um, you find out the players are having Tommy John surgery. <laughs> uh, so, you know, th- this is the age of the internet. We don't need to rely on magazines anymore. <laughs> Uh, it's easy to go on the website and, and find the information. So fan graphs is essential, obviously. Um, I'm obviously I'm going to plug Baseball Prospectus. I was going to say I can't believe you didn't do that first. It's taken a lot listening. That was me downplaying it so I didn't sound too biased. Uh, <laughs> but but I will say Fangraphs uh, are also very good if you're somebody who likes to play with the data maybe and, and download a lot of the stats. Um, fan graphs are great for that. You can get CSVs that will go straight into Excel nicely. Um, so that that's quite handy. Uh, but there's loads of sources out there there's loads of podcasts out there Um, they can be really useful especially if you're somebody who's on the go or you maybe don't have a lot of time to sit at a computer and play around the stats podcasts are great for your commute if you're in the car if you're walking to work or on your bike you know whatever it is you can listen to them on the go Um, there's often a lot of good info in there from a lot of smart people Um, team uh, there'll often be specific podcasts at this time of year for draft strategy previews for a position um for different teams um the the fantasy benefits crew that i'm part of is, is going through all the 30 teams right now so if you want to get familiar with a particular team then there's a podcast for every single team and there's also a prospect podcast for every single team if you want to get a bit more in depth so there's tons out there um find what works for you you know listen to a couple uh, see if you like the hosts or not see if you can relate to the info they're giving you um, but yeah, look around. We can give you recommendations on Twitter for the ones that we like, but find the ones that, that you enjoy. And and yeah, just make sure you're on top of the news, I would say, is the, the biggest thing at this time of year, because I've seen so many people in drafts take players who are injured or who have just been shunted down the depth chart on their teams because of a signing And they haven't realized because they're not paying attention to uh, what's going on. So I think that that's maybe one of the most important things you can do that that can give you another edge on your competitors. Just stay on top of the news and and you'll get ahead.
0: Yeah, there's um, there's an app called Roto World, um, which you can download for smartphones. Um, And on there, you can essentially pick favorite players and it will give you updates as soon as any news comes out about them. Um, as soon as I've drafted a team, I will then go and add all those players onto it and you'll just get the updates as it come through. You know, if that player is going to be out that evening, uh, if they're injured, if they're involved in a trade, if they're going to start losing playing time, whatever it may be, it'll give you updates. And it's great. It just comes through as a push notification. You don't need to go searching for that news. It's coming to you instead. Um, I'd like to echo Darius's point about Friends of Fantasy Benefits as well. Their podcasts are excellent. Justin Mason does um, a thankless task of just pumping out podcast after podcast um reviewing everything and any player and any team and prospects etc it's incredible the work the guys all do over there um and the same with uh Sleep in the bust um on fangraphs um an excellent podcast which uh, covers a lot of things like um, pitch starts and pitcher rankings um if you've got uh two start pitcher weeks and things like that but um these are all stuff for coming to another uh, podcast when we start doing some more advanced stuff um okay then so we've we've spoken a little bit about the preparation for the draft now let's talk about the different types of draft Do you want to just go over those Darius
1: yeah so the two main types you'll see basically are uh, snake drafts which basically means so you would you know go in order to 1 to 12 and then whoever's picking 12th will also pick 13th and the order reverses and you go back and forth um you know in that in that snake Style. If you were to look at it on a piece of paper, it would look like, you know, a snake, basically, um, just going back and forth across the page. Uh, so that that's the uh, probably the most common. And then the other, the main kind is, is auction drafts. So you will get a budget. Often it will be two hundred and sixty dollars, but that again is something you can set yourself. Uh, and that is where you can bid on players. So if you want to bid hundred dollars on Mike Trout, then uh, knock yourself out. Um, auctions are a lot of fun they usually take longer because sometimes the bidding for players can go on for a while um, but they are a more interactive kind of draft and you can often get the better values in auctions as well because in snake obviously you can only take what comes to you at certain spots and you're kind of locked in there but auctions you can do all kinds of different strategies Um, stars and scrubs is a, a common phrase you'll hear surrounding auctions where you maybe pay up for four or five really big players and then you spend the rest of the auction uh, spending one or two dollars on picks Um, can be a great strategy especially in those shallower leagues if you're really confident in your ability to pick up guys off the waiver wire Um, but also obviously if if a couple of your big guys don't pan out then you're in a lot of trouble so those are the kind of things you can do in auction a lot more room for different strategies probably a little bit more difficult to deal with I think then a snake draft, if you're in a brand new player, yeah. I would say that auctions are challenging and you can't do a mock auction. It does not work. You just have to get stuck in because uh, it's completely useless doing a, a mock auction. <laughs> um, so that, that can be daunting. And yeah, you'll definitely see people make a lot of mistakes in their first auction, but it's all part of the learning process. So I would say auctions are more fun, but also more challenging.
0: Uh, yeah. I'll echo that. Um, My NFL league is an auction league and it's a nightmare every year because every year I always forget when the draft is. And all of a sudden I get a notification come through saying, hey, we're drafting in an hour. I think, oh, bugger. I haven't done any research for this whatsoever. And then end up paying way too much for players because I've done no prep whatsoever, which goes against everything we've just told you lot. Um, And the auction just happens so fast. And at the end of it, you go, I don't want any of these players. They're terrible. Um, snake drafts great and as Darius said if you're picking 12th um, and then the the snake then reverses you're picking again so you can get that as Darius said on the turn you can get some great double picks there you can you know if, if it's in the first round you could be picking up like Darius said say something like Corey Kluber and, and Chris Sale on the turn which is great you've just got your starting pitching sorted for the year really um so there are some there are some benefits in a snake draft to being uh, the last pick of the first round but also clearly you want to be the number one pick as well. Um yeah, they are the main two types of draft and we've kind of gone over the strategy, we've then talked about um mock drafts and and using those um to get used to the site whether you do it on your phone, your iPad or a computer or whatever it may be. Make sure it works on whatever you're going to be using um personally i will try and draft on one machine like my laptop and then have the ipad open with all the stuff that i've collated in terms of information um but for the the admin side of it um make sure you're locked away kids aren't anywhere near you you've got no distractions whatsoever just concentrate on the draft as much as you can There, i imagine you've got some form of draft dungeon and, and a big sign that you know the girlfriend's not allowed in and that's that <laughs>
1: I don't have like a super draft setup actually. I will say anybody who's got more than one screen, you will find that a lot of help if you're doing a draft. You've also done your own prep, um, being able to leave open your Excel doc or just your ranking sheet or, or whatever it is that you're using. Um, have that in one on one screen and your draft window in another screen Um, that's really nice you don't want to be constantly tabbing back and forth and I would say set things up properly don't have a sheet that's got 17 different tabs and you're like oh where's my second base rankings I've got to find them make sure that you've set it up so you can use it in a draft quickly because as we said before sometimes you might only have a minute or two and you don't have time to be scrolling through your tabs or trying to figure out where you saved that document or whatever it might be. So uh, as much prep as you can do, make sure it's easily digestible on, on draft day. Um, yeah, that that is a, a great point. Do not schedule a draft when something else is going on. Um, you can't say, oh, I'll just step away for five minutes. It does not work like that. Um, <laughs> you may find yourself getting stuck with a player you really didn't want. Uh, you can add a queue in a draft, You know, a queue of players you want to take, but sometimes you'll pick put five players in your queue and there'll be the next five players off the board um so i and then
0: and then, and then generally the machine will do an auto pick um and it will take the either the average draft position that's going on that year or it will just take the value from last year. And you could end up with a pitcher who's having Tom and John surgery and they're out for the year. But they're sat at that high point because they've got such a high value from last year, they might have had a great season. So as Darius said, you've got those five players in your, your queue ready to pick. You disappear from the computer. Those five players get picked by somebody else. And the computer goes, OK, I'll take the next best player available. And it's somebody who's not even playing that year. So, yeah, if you if you can fill that queue, fill the queue.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, just, just try and get a couple of hours, you know, just to say, this is, this is what I'm doing now. I'm I'm not going to focus on anything else. You know, I've not got to look after the kids or, you know, you've not got people around Um, because either you're going to be rude to those people because you're focusing your draft or you're going to have to, (laughs) you're not going to be rude to those people. And so you're going to miss all your picks. Um, So especially if it's the first one you've done and, and you don't really feel that comfortable with it uh, dipping in and out, then ma- make sure you just set aside a couple of quiet hours to, to get on with it. And uh, you'll have a lot of fun. It's it's one of the most fun times of the year, actually, draft season. And uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of, I think, feel a bit of a <laughs> come down after draft season and they want to do it all over again. Uh, so do really enjoy it because it's one of the best bits about fantasy.
0: Yeah, agreed. Right. So hopefully uh, we've told you what fantasy baseball is. Um We've told you the different types of leagues in terms of scoring. We've told you the different types of competition. We've told you about the, what we call the second layer, so whether it's a redraft, a keeper, a dynasty, a daily. Within it's the third layer. We're talking about daily lineups, weekly lineups, and my new favourite type of baseball, best ball. Um, we talked about the number of teams and how they can affect the level of talent that's available, the number of players that are actually on each team. Um, we talked about the varying different player restrictions that, are, that could be taking place in your league. Then we talked about the stats, um, understanding the stats is the key to winning your league and understanding where the points are going to come from. Um, And then we've just finished off there by talking about preparing for the draft and, and the draft itself. Hopefully everyone's learned something this evening um or whenever you listen to this pod but hopefully everyone's learned something um if you've got any questions for us do fire them out to us myself and darius on twitter um, i'm at pejoria's face darius is at darius a64 and also fire it towards um, at batflips underscore nerds on twitter um, we're looking to uh, continue this podcast so if you want to ask more questions then please do get in touch and send us your questions and um, we have had a good bunch of questions so far some of them a little bit more advanced than what we were hoping for to begin with but we've kept those questions we're going to move them onto a future episode so look out for those um Darryl, is so anything you want to you want to end
1: with just to to, to finish off uh, yeah, I'll just say feel free to ask people like the fancy baseball community is is pretty active on Twitter. There are tons of people out there who will be happy to offer you advice. If you've got a player dilemma, if you don't really know what something means, you know, if you're you're trying to figure out your strategy, just go and ask. There are loads of people who will be happy to help you. Um, there are loads of podcasts you can send your question in. Uh, Tom and myself will will certainly be happy to to answer your questions. So yeah. There's lots of resources out there. It can be daunting, but uh, there's there's plenty of people who'll be willing to help out and you will get the hang of it quickly uh, once you get into it. So yeah, just get stuck in, have fun. And uh, yeah, if you're not, not sure about it, there will be probably, I'm sure, plenty of people listening to this who are in the same position. So maybe we can even get together. I think a, a couple of beginners leagues have already been mooted on uh, Twitter in response to this. So uh, maybe we can put something together for a, a bunch of newbies who kind of all want to get started at the same time.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Um, uh, uh, Spoiler alert, Dave Shaw has already started one for the UK um, Twitter, baseball Twitter community. Um, So we have a bunch of teams that are now together and going to do a league this year. And it's got a load of first timers in there as well. Um, The great thing is I am rubbish at fantasy baseball and I don't know a lot. So do ask me the stupid questions because I'm quite happy to answer them. Or like I said, I can always go to Darius and get him to answer them. Um, We've been going for over an hour now. I am on child watch at the moment. And guess what? She's just woken up. So I need to go anyway. So this is a perfect time to end. Um, Do visit our website, backflipsandnerds.com. Um, we've got plenty more writing going up at the moment. There's lots of these three-minute previews going out from Gavin, who's doing some excellent writing. Uh, Russell's also firing out some new posts as well. We've just got a later one about Corey Kluber and trading him away. But I genuinely need to go. She's crying. The volume's going crazy. Peter. out. Um, right, let's do this then. Uh, I don't even know how to start an intro. Let me let me think. I'd start with the standard hello,
1: what we always do. Yeah, You don't maybe, want people to turn off immediately, do you? So. No,
0: that's true. I was going to say maybe we make this the intro, but then if people go, I want to listen to a fancy part, I don't want to listen to just Tom rambling about how to do an intro. Um, right, let's do it.